Welcome to Brewery Talks Podcast, a podcast bringing you the stories behind the beer. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is with Boise Brewing. I sat down with their marketing director, Josh Letzinger, as well as their assistant brewer, Sam Wallace. So Boise Brewing is unique in the sense that they are community-owned. They are comparable to a community garden, and Josh and Sam both talk about how this works with the brewery, how it's very unique, and how they run how they run their day-to-day operations being owned by the community. We talk about that, and we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, and this episode does contain a lot of like shenanigans. Um, the two of them together were pretty funny, and I left a bunch of it in. I took a bunch of it out, but um, it's a little less organized than my typical podcast or my typical episodes, but it makes it super entertaining. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Cheers. Awesome. Yeah, I'll get us started. I'm Josh Letzinger, um, Boise Brewing Marketing Director. Been dipping a little bit into graphic design as of late as well, so that's pretty fun. Uh, social media, all that stuff. Nice. I got into beer. Uh, well, I, I started working here about a year ago. I got into beer, basically started home brewing in 2013, 2012 in college as a way that I thought I was going to save money. It turns out it's the exact opposite, so... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, you know, a few thousand dollars deep into it with <laughs> a huge system and um, still working on it, still spending more money on it. So that's kind nice. of, yeah, that's the, that's the fun part of it. So, yeah. It's kind of like a boat. A lot of people, when they buy a boat, they're thinking like, I'm going to do all this stuff. And then they find out once they have the boat, it's actually just a hole in the water for you to throw your money in. <laughs> it's really fantastic. So yeah, that's basically my story, um, and now I'm in craft beer, and I love it, and uh, I don't think I'd change it. And what's the favorite beer that Boise Brewing has right now that you that's, oh, that, that's yeah. your favorite at the moment? Currently, the the hazy that we we've so it's a part of a series, evolution series. So we keep uh, making different iterations, um, and we're a couple of iterations into it, and it is really coming out spot on. So it's. It's getting real nice. So that's, that's my favorite Boise Brewing beer right now. Cool. And the other person we have sitting here, we got Sam Wallace here. Sam, do you want to introduce who you are, what you do, oh, all man. the above? <clears throat> yeah, we could talk about me, but I mean, do you, do we want to is the question. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, I, I kind of like, I got into beer. Um, I was always like a Long Island iced tea guy, actually. Uh, once I hit 21, I was like, man, I, I've, I'd only ever had not what I would consider tasty beer. So I kind of would go out and I would be like, yeah, I'm just going to get a Long Island iced tea and a Dos Equis. And I'm going to call that a night. Um, and then one day uh, I, was, I was actually managing a pizza place and um, Fatty's Pizza down in Mountain Home. And uh, my buddy was like, hey, I just ordered in this Shiner Bach. Who's excited to drink some Shiner Bach? I said, what is, uh, what is this Shiner Bach? So I wonder how many times I could say Shiner Bach in this conversation. <laughs> uh, so I, got, uh, I had a Shiner Bach. I had one. I bought a 24, 24 of them that night, uh, and that was like the eye opener for me um, into quality beer. I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's really like a whole delicious spectrum of different beers that I didn't realize existed." Um, so I started getting into brewing with some buddies. I had some buddies who would do brew in a bag, and um, <clears throat> I actually found out later my tattoo artist, uh, he uh, Mike Kleinwalker, he. Um, had a full setup in his garage. He had a whole garage just dedicated to brewing, probably $10,000 setup. 
Um, and he was like, nah, this is how you brew beer. And that was my first introduction to force carving and um, just like <laughs> different, uh, like more specialized techniques, you know, decoction mash, uh, step mashing, just stuff that you wouldn't see doing brew in a bag. Um, so he kind of just jumped me into that scene and I started growing hops and uh, here I am. <laughs> here I am now brewing beer. I did electrical work for a minute and came to this. So, And the funny story I was actually just talking with Sam about was that my first time in Boise a couple years ago, I don't, maybe it was a year ago, two years ago, year and a half, uh, my first, our first stop was uh, Boise Brewing, and Sam was bartending that night. And for some weird reason, I, as soon as I saw him, I was here last night, I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, that's the guy from last time we were here. Like, and uh, he, Sam was like my first impression of Boise. And he really like kind of sold it when we uh, first came here. I think I got like a flight and a pint, and... Uh, here we are Mind a couple years point. later, and we're, uh, we're hanging. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad I could give you a good impression because, you know, I don't do that to most. So that's, that's nice. It feels <laughs> good. <laughs> he always leaves an impression, whether it's good or not. Is yeah. <laughs> That's the great question. <laughs> uh, so the big thing, so jumping right into Boise Brewing, one of the big, uh, or I guess unique, or one of the really cool things about you guys, that you guys are, quote-unquote, community-owned brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean, or what's what's that all about? Yeah, so if you can't see... Well, obviously you can't see. <laughs> um, so we are kind of surrounded by mugs hanging on the wall, and those mugs are, are our owners and um, some of our Kickstarters. So we started out as a Kickstarter online to try and get money. Colin, who's in the office next to me, he... Um, yeah, threw it up on a Kickstarter. He, he liked the idea of a community garden where everybody kind of chipped in a little bit. And then, um, you know, at the end of the season, you get to, you know, reap what you sow. So everybody got a little piece of that. And um, he said, why can't we do that with beer? So he started the Kickstarter with that idea. Um, and then it turned into this idea of the community-owned brewery, where then we open it up to selling shares in the company. So every mug you see here around the wall or when you come in, every mug that you see is an owner um, and has a little bit of uh, stake in the company. So they all get beer. They all make decisions. You know, everybody gets returns. Whoa. So, yeah, that's what it means to be community-owned, truly community-owned, so yeah. How do you How do you – that's crazy. First of all, that's so cool, and and I'll be sure to post a picture, or even just I'm sure you guys have it on your on your social media to see the yeah, the wall yeah. of mugs here. Yeah. So how do you? So all of these different people, you said they're helping make decisions. Are there, are they actually like? So uh, is effectively, yes. So we vote for. Um, I mean, obviously, day to day operations are our decision um, uh, as as like immediate employees. But um, when we vote for board members, so everybody votes for the board that then run, runs the, the operation, makes decisions. Um, Colin, our owner and the starter, he, um, you know, is works with that group of people to, yeah, take us forward. That's crazy. Now, is this uh, like a... Is this common for breweries? I mean, I've personally never heard of it. Is that like no? The, we're one of the we're the the only one in Idaho still. No. Oh, okay. Um, so there is another opening up um, towards Avamore, which is on the outskirts north side of Boise, um, north actually of kind of Eagle. Actually, I guess it would be okay. Um, they're they're going for the same thing, but they're actually like a neighborhood that's kind of in the middle of the hills, kind of by itself. So they have their own little shopping kind of center. They have their own um, <coughs> restaurants and stuff like that. So they basically are self-sustaining. They even have their own fire department. 
So it's going to be a little different than ours, I think, because theirs is literally just that community, where ours is the entire community of Boise, Got it. Meridian, Nampa. Right. I mean, we're, we'll, we'll take care of you. Um, yeah, so I guess there is one, but we were the first uh, in 2014 when we started, and then one of the first in the country, too, from what I understand, as far as breweries go. Obviously, this isn't a new idea as it pertains to other businesses, but for breweries, it was a pretty... Um, yeah, it was a pretty new idea at the time. So we there the New York Times wrote an article too, twenty fourteen. Really? About it, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Colin um Colin, our head of operations, actually got the idea um from a community garden. Um I'm not sure if, if you had mentioned that or not, but I, I just me personally as a gardener like that, I think spoke to me the most when I was talking to these guys about what you are and what makes you like, you know, why is this an idea? Are you doing this to make money or are you doing this to bring people together? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and to have that kind of, to see where he got the idea from gives me the authentic kind of, we're doing this to have people come together for good beer, not just we're doing this so we can all have your money. (laughs) You know, whereas I feel like that's a lot of other industries that might not be the case. Yeah. And how did you guys, so you guys are right in downtown Boise. I mean, I've been walking around all day. I walked by you guys like four different times. How did this location come to be was this the original spot and this is where all you guys been just been expanding in place or did you guys start somewhere else etc yeah i can speak a little bit to that but i came on a year ago so we started in 2014 i came on a year ago so i'm probably one of the newer folks to the team but um i know this is the original spot it used to be the venue which was a music venue in boise so this used to be like kind of like a punk venue um but this is this is the one and only location. I know Sam can probably speak more to it. Um, I mean, yeah, I know when they were looking at locations, there was a couple other spots that they had checked out. Um, mainly, they were looking for you know what meets the criteria. Are we we're going to be close enough to downtown where people can can come in and and still you know not have to worry about parking, you know, which is still kind of an issue. And as as Boise grows, it's going to become more of an issue. However, us being on the outskirts, the way we, the way we are you're still able to actually find parking and, and actually come visit us without having to worry and without having to spend a million dollars just to get downtown, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, was, it was pretty crazy, actually. When I when I came in for my interview, I, uh, I was kind of awestruck by the fact that this was the venue. I used to come and sweep the floors here <laughs> for tickets to shows. And, uh, you know, I, like I got my nose broke where our 60-barrel fermenter sits during an August Burns Red show. And... The, uh, so I, I, during the interview, I was like, uh, uh, just looking around, like, I can't believe this place exists. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And so they actually, before they tore the stage down, um, my head brewer, Lance, uh, did a, they had one last venue show. It was a private show for the opening, uh, or for the fact that we had got a building and, and they, uh, before they tore the stage down, had a couple bands out. Um, so my boss's band, uh, Boss Hog and the Short Bus, they play here locally, um, and then there's another band, Case Bar, another local Boise band, and they okay. uh, had a had a kick-ass show. And <laughs> from there, this place was born. They tore the stage down <laughs> and made a brewery. It was kind of funny, too, because we actually had a guy um, from Gigs Music come in today. Um, Dave, he came in, and he's working. We've, we're having some issues with our PA system. It's just old and decrepit, and we're... <laughs> looking to get a new one but he came in and helped us out like try to work out some stuff and we were just talking about it. he's like we we're like yeah i used to be old venue he goes oh i'm well aware i worked sound here for two years back when it was the venue and i was like oh that's so cool and now you're back and we're trying to get more music this summer and that was the whole reason we're like we need a better pa system we were involved with tree fort just recently in march big music fest here in boise and we had some bands come in and we're like man we 
gotta we gotta keep doing more of this so it's just it's it's one of those full circle things that is coming full circle <laughs> and so you guys also do the uh your monthly brews for nonprofit. you have a mm-hmm. dollar from a certain tap mm-hmm. and what's what's going on with all that it's awesome stuff yeah so we used to have um a program where we would brew a new beer each month and have like local artists design the a poster and like sometimes the label and stuff for all that that just got to be way too much because a brand new beer every month in 15 barrels is is i mean it's just a little excessive it was it was really cool for when it was happening for sure but it's a it's a lot of work for the amount of staff we have so we kind of like wanted a way to get reinvolved with the community and then um We've always kind of partnered with nonprofit organizations and, and whatnot, um, but we, you know, I was thinking it was a, it was a good way to to both like tie that old like new beer each month, um, but support a nonprofit organization. So instead of having the new beer, now we have a new profit, a uh, new nonprofit, and then we'll brew a beer. It's called Community Supported Beer or CSB. We'll brew um, a batch of. You know, right now it's a vanilla porter, which is really good. Had one earlier today with some cookies. Uh, before it was, <laughs> uh, before it was the it was the better hazy than never. So um, now every a dollar of every <clears throat> excuse me every pint poured in the tap room um, goes from that handle goes directly to the nonprofit we're working with. And this month it's Create Common Good, which is. Um, it's like a local like culinary school, basically, okay. for underserved populations. And, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool – we're going to do, like, an event. We do an event with each organization, too. So they're going to come in, and they've made a bunch of tapas for us, and we're going to do a beer pairing. And, yeah, so then, you know, money, you know, every dollar from that goes to them. And last um, – Let's see. Yeah, we've worked with Boise Curling Club. We've worked with ALS Association. We've done all sorts of cool stuff. One of my favorites we worked with actually was uh, Ridges to Rivers. Uh, it's a local place here in Boise. Uh, so last year, what we did, and, and sometimes you know, depending on the on the NPO, we'll do um, like like Josh was saying, different events. Sometimes we'll do more of like a volunteer style event. Um, so this one we. Hit a lot of our owners up and said, hey, by the way, we're going to be going out with Ridges to Rivers, um, and we're going to be building a trail this uh, – I'm sorry, Ridge, Ridge to Rivers. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, and we're going to go out there and, and, and rebuild some trails, build a couple fresh trails. We yep. actually got a good group of – there's probably 13 or so of us, 10 to 13 of us, uh, just from the brewery here. <clears throat> and there was also a group of – I believe there were college, college students who had, had met up as well with uh, Ridge to Rivers – and uh, just built this new trail, had that thing blazed out in like two hours, three hours, and uh, came back to the brewery, had had some brews, you know, and uh, it was actually, it's, it's really cool. So it gives us a chance to to really kind of expand what you would normally be able to do for an NPO. Normally it's just like, here's a check, here's a check, whereas we want to be like above and beyond in, in, in that kind of way, um, show that we really are about the community and not just about staying alive right yeah, yeah so pretty cool yeah I'm a, i think i'm actually doing a trail maintenance with that group this weekend actually they're a ridge yeah, to yeah. rivers yeah. i think they're doing it on saturday another cool thing too um we're also working currently and this is the first semester we've done it but with boise state okay so we actually and i'm and it's a little spoiler alert here but we've got they designed their computer science department designed a 
um, counter. So you, we basically are going to install on the back of the tap handle, and every time that thing gets tipped forward, it tabs up. So it like adds one. So you'll be able to see in real time how much money is being donated to that organization. That's awesome. Super cool. Yeah. And is there a way that you could know, like, do you uh, keep inventory of how much beer you pour each night? Is there a way you can see how accurate it is based on the, how many it has? Yeah, we'll just look at pints sold. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Just look at pints yep. sold. Just look at pints sold. <laughs> I was like weighing yeah. kegs yeah. in the back. No, no. That's, 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 that's above our pay grade, so. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Kind of um, fun. And we're going to start working with the, like, the Boise State computer science. It's, it's cool to see. This, like, I wish I had that kind of opportunity, especially in college when I was like, uh, what do I do? And then people are like, we can offer this so you can see a real world application of what you're doing instead yeah. of just do this in a book. And I'm sure they appreciate it too because I bet a lot of those guys love beer and probably come here. So they're probably like, hey, we can do something. Oh, the students that. are great. Guys, girls, everybody's super into it. Yeah, it's cool. That's sweet. It's really fun. We actually have a school across the street as well. Uh, is it Concordia? Concordia Law. And so um, we get a lot of those guys as well. They refer to us actually as Campus South, uh, which is fantastic. So to BSU, we're Campus North. Uh, Concordia, we are Campus South. So technically, I mean, this is just, it's all just for school, for learning. We're basically in the quad right now. Like we are at the center of campus. <laughs> Considered a student union building? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fitting. Uh, and you mentioned before you have the 15 barrel uh, fermenter and. We should probably talk about the brewery, which is, like, right behind us. Um, mm, so, my favorite thing. So what is the size? Of, I mean, you guys have 60-barrel fermenters. I, was asking, I only know that fact because I was asking, about you, asking you about it earlier. But what, is, what size is the actual brew house? So our brew house is, like, an oversized 15. So we can actually get um, closer to, like, 18 barrels uh, boiling, like, volume. Okay. Um, usually, obviously, there, there's going to be a drop after the boil. And there's also um, solid material that doesn't that's going to be in there as well so i mean we could end up depending on the beer anywhere anywhere we'll, we'll be anywhere from uh 16 to 8 to 17 and a half or so barrels um that we can usually get per batch um to the fermenter so and then how do you fill the 60 barrel fermenter is that like a quadruple brew day that's a so two double days so um okay. we have so there's three of us on the brew floor um lance our head brewer uh the mastermind behind all the metals and and all of our recipes. The guy he really knows how to throw some beer together and, and uh, make it work. So we got Lance, and then um, me and Lindley are the assistant brewers. Um, and uh, basically, what will happen is Lance comes in six thirty on a double day and starts the first batch, and then uh, one of us kind of works a swing shift between the two batches, um, and then the the uh, third person, whether it's me or Lindley will come in um, right around noon or one and start the second batch. So we'll actually be brewing into, you know, usually eight or nine at night um, and then do the same thing the next day. And you got 60 barrels right there. Holy cow. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, uh, you know, we don't have uh, rakes in our mash tuns, so, like, we have to hand hand, hand mash and, and, and uh, you know, like, you know, I, I, I'm in touch with my beer. <laughs> I, I know my beer. I've seen it from the start to the end. You know what I mean? So it, it makes it a kind of a unique process that you, you're more in touch with. It's not just push button. Okay. This is also the plug for the Kickstarter for Rakes for the uh, for the Mash 10. So <laughs> Vote Rakes 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and not only the 60-barrel fermenter. You have, like, you were explaining to me 
as we're sitting at the bar, you're like, there's a 15 in between this one. There's a 30 over here. It's you got this uh, kind of eclectic mix of different sizes. How did that? Is that was that strategic or just kind of happened in place that you're like, oh, we have these available and well, so originally we had more 15s and more 30s, um, and then over time we realized that a lot of our flagships, um, like 15s, weren't holding up, and even 30s were we were running out of those pretty quick. So we actually uh, got rid of a couple of other fermenters and upgraded the 60s. Actually, that was right when I started. That was about two years ago. Um, <clears throat> the week before I came in, they brought in the 260s and the 60-barrel Bright Tank, which was fantastic because I thought I was going to be working on a bunch of smaller equipment. And then I was like, oh, man, looks like my job just got a little more difficult. That's that's cool. I like that. So, uh, you know, we I think just through the years we've realized that if you don't if we don't offer or if we don't have the capability of doing a 60 barrel and we have you know the brew house that can handle that then we're not actually living up to our fullest potential um if people are slamming hip check that's probably our biggest seller is hip check okay um i mean if if hip check's slamming out and i can't even keep up with a 30 barrel fermenter then that means we're losing money um which you know in the end affects everybody so we uh, were able to get these 60s, um, start doing a little bit bigger batches at a time, and and it helps in the long run with being able to keep other beers supplied as well. Okay. Okay. So, And my follow-up question would be, what is your most popular beer right now? And you said hip oh, check. <laughs> well, right now, um, the Brute and the Hazy are both um, just, they're flying out the door. Hip check's like... I would say hip checks got the uh, most, yeah, definitely the most consistent for for sales. However, we have a couple different ones like the Obstruction IPA, which hopefully we'll bring that one back this summer. A little more, it's a little more like grapefruity, a little less of the, uh, I guess, tropical vibe that we get here with hip check, um, and a lot more of like a grapefruit rindy kind of bitterness. But I mean, that's what I'm all about, so I, I, I definitely love that one. And then, like I was saying, the Brute and the Hazy just sell like crazy right now too. They're super popular. Um, Hazy is just one of those fads that probably won't go away. <laughs> I imagine it's going to stick around for a while, and I, I'm not mad about that. It, it gives me some chance to experiment when we're brewing beers. And yeah. Stuff, so. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everybody. I think I haven't met anyone that that doesn't like a hazy beer. I think everyone either either love it or they like it. But there's no like I hate it. I, I think it's tough to come across someone that doesn't like a hazy beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's like a it's like a delicious, juicy beer. I was. <laughs> What's to hate about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like take that Capri Sun you always had as a kid after the soccer games <laughs> and just making it into adult form. And you're like, all right. A little more body than a Capri Sun. That's it. That's the only difference. <laughs> I've never tried to ferment Capri Sun, but I imagine that it finished pretty dry. <laughs> There's a lot of sugar in there. I imagine we get a good beer out of that. Let's do it there tonight. There you go. A Capri Sun. I know. Yeah, we got to wrap this up so I can get another beer myself. I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and you got one of the cool mugs too, which is pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. We actually so we went through and so the mugs are custom made. Okay. So we went through and measured the volume of all of them, and mine is uh, significantly larger than probably like half of them here. So <laughs> anytime I get an opportunity, it's basically a bomber. I think it's about 22 ounces. Oh, gee. Anytime I get a chance to drink out of the mug, it's. Uh, it's a chance I'm going to take. Yeah, you can fit. Yeah, you can fit Nash's pint glass inside of mine, and then still have a little breathing room. So, jeez. And so, so people can't. 
someone can't buy into the mug clubs. If someone ha- has a mug, so we means- yeah, so we have to we it's we opened it up twice. So we had one round of investment and then a second round. So the people who have mugs here are either round one or round two investors. Uh, so it's currently closed. Um, got it. But you know, who's to say if we want to expand that we're not going to open it up to a third round and cool let some more people be a part of the community i mean everyone's a part of the community but <laughs> we're we're running out of wall space for these mugs <laughs> i guess is step one so we need a bigger facility so <laughs> yeah that's funny with the mug club thing it's a little fortunate I, we were in here last night and which was 250 pint night which is yeah. super kick-ass and i saw some guys with mugs and i was like it's like because we're talking about like oh what yeah. if we lived here i was like if i live here i'm definitely gonna join this mug club but now you just ruined my yeah dream, no so. it's a little more than a mug club we do have um csb memberships that you can get which is our mug club um, so not only do these folks get their mug on the wall, but they get 12 growler fills a year. Oh, um, a few other perks, so bottle releases, um, access to some stuff. We throw on quarterly parties for our CSB members and owners. So we also have a mug club, but these are the, these are the OGs right okay, here. Okay. 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 If you want to, you're more than welcome to join our mean mug club. <laughs> and that's for people who miss the investing rounds. And they just get together and they mean mug us. That's great. <laughs> um, beer. So yeah, you guys do, you guys have a couple flagships, right? Which mm-hmm. is the hip check mm-hmm. and the blonde. Syringa, blonde, okay. snowboarder porter. And then you have like a handful of others. There's a lot more on tap than that. You guys, I guess, are seasonal or just always rotating out? or. Yeah, totally. So our seasonal are <clears throat> kind of the next round. Um, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't mention... Black Cliffs American Stout, um, the greatest American Stout in the entire world right now. It's the best in the world. <laughs> actually, or like it actually is. So uh, <laughs> we submitted it to the. Yeah, oh, now we got all somber there. <laughs> so we submitted it to the World Beer Cup um, competition in 2018, and we got the gold medal. So it is truly and effectively the best American style stout in the entire world. Um, so Lance brewed that up. That was one of the original recipes, I think. Actually, that was his first recipe uh, besides the core four. So the core four being blonde, syringa, hip check, snowboarder porter, like we were just saying. Uh, so that was actually his first recipe besides that. Um, <clears throat> and that actually, um, because it's it's kind of been our, our prize horse, it, it has um, been able to medal every year that we've been open. Um, so we actually uh, got into talks with a production company called Wide Eye Productions, um, and they wanted to originally do a documentary called The Road to GABF, uh, the Great American Beer Festival. Yep, yep. And uh, it was going to be kind of about us and, and how we got there and how, how we've been able to medal every year and stuff like that. Um, however, during filming, we actually won the World Beer Cup gold for the Black Cliffs, which he caught on tape. And so, I mean, I think I think there's a video of me getting hit in the face for a high five. Like, we didn't know what to do. We were all just like, oh, my gosh, it happened. We did it. We won something bigger than this. We didn't think we could do that right now. <laughs> yeah, right? And so we, uh, we ended up getting this documentary. Um, and it was actually going to be about, I think, solely just us and then um, – Dave, the uh, he's like the producer, the guy who was cameraman and and all all that fun jazz. Um, his boss saw it and said, "Well, I see more potential here." Um, so they actually went went ahead and uh, made it about the entire craft beer scene in Boise, but really, really highlighting us and uh, our accomplishments, which is fantastic. Um, just to get th- that recognition from 
from anybody um, have them want to make a documentary about you know the company and the things that you your company's been doing um, is is flattering you know absolutely um, and so that actually should be out I believe on Amazon like right now it's out um, or so, is it, uh, maybe we're, we're they're working on it that's okay. the goal I think I think Amazon is looking at picking it up and I think that's pretty certain okay um but i don't know that's okay. a question for wide eye productions yeah that's cool they're supposed to be doing a um they're supposed to put it on tv and do like they're they're getting adverti- advertisers right now to be on board okay. um to actually give it a block on i think K- ktvb or uh, so one of the local one of our local channels okay. around here um, and then it should be avail- available on at least one streaming site is what we've been told. Sweet. Um, hopefully Amazon, maybe Netflix, maybe Hulu. Who knows? YouTube. You know? Now YouTube, you can like watch YouTube, days. definitely. I'll make sure. All seven C's, that son of a gun. So I got to ask you guys, funniest or favorite beer store, just a funny or favorite beer store that you guys have. You know what? Mine was more of a mistake, and I guess the uh, the moral of this story is is you, you're going to make mistakes. So it, it you know fess up to it, and then <laughs> Sam's looking at me like, which one are you talking about? Because <laughs> I was I put in a like we've been brewing a lot here, so um, we've got like a small little pilot system, and people are you know everyone from our sales manager to brewers to myself and marketing, we've got some bartenders who are doing everything but it's great it's a great uh, experience but we're like combining like a home brew sort of setup with some other elements that you get at a brewery that are way nice to have but it's it's you know the equipment's just different so um (laughs) those are other mistakes i made but the one i want to talk about (laughs) is i um so I grabbed it. So they we we were, we were thinking about releasing a beer. We brewed a pilot batch of it, and I thought it was we we didn't mark the keg. So that was that was mistake number one. Is none of the kegs were marked. Um, so, well, it, no, I mean, no, it's it's it was my job to mark the kegs, and I didn't. It was it it ended up being okay, but the the kegs weren't marked. I thought it was a beer I had brewed the a while back, and I was like, "Perfect, I'm brewing for you know an event, and I'm just gonna grab one of the things I brewed, take it out, give it to people. It'll be great." So we get there, we serve it up. I just hook everything up, and I left. So I didn't really try the beer. I didn't do anything. I just hooked it up, plugged it in, and then I took off and collected my all my shit at the end of the day. And we get back the next day, and and uh, you know the brewers and Lance and and, and Sam are like, "Where where's this? Where's the fucking keg that we like? We brewed. <laughs> this is our test batch. Thankfully, we had two, so we were able to like actually try it out. But like, like we, we I know we were. Well, he's like, I kegged this like three days ago. I just want to try it out. And I was like, Oh shit! I. <laughs> So, funny story. So, yeah, I had taken it. And so we were, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the story is, you know, we were taking it to, or like, we were, it was a test batch. And I had taken it to a group of people who are, uh, you know, and so I went back and I asked them, I was like, hey, how was the beer? Because <laughs> we kind of want opinions now. <laughs> and, I mean, everyone was like, it, they were like it was amazing like it was the first like, we had a few people that brewed and some people brought even like 30 racks of you know whatever and 12 packs and there's just a bunch of beer at the event and they were like oh yeah that was the first one gone 
And so it worked out in the end. But I guess the, the, my advice to everyone, if you know, you just don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you do, learn from it because that's what craft beer is about. That's what, like, you know, I'm going to tie everything back full circle to the beer I like. I said I liked here the most is the Hazy. Is You know, it's our, what, third iteration now? Second or third iteration of it? Second iteration? Second iteration of it. And it's, like I said, it's gotten better every time and it's now my favorite. So, yeah. That's my story. So story and advice. Eh? So that was story the advice and advice. Yeah, okay. the advice is don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you do, learn from it, because that's how you get better at it. That's and that's I mean that's true across the board, but especially when it comes to craft, anything, you know. Yeah. Moral of the story is to always scrub your ass, <laughs> uh, or just label your kegs. That's another good moral. <laughs> I thought that's what scrubbing your ass was. I had no idea. I'm yeah. sorry. I've Potato been potato. I've been labeling these cakes around this whole time. I, uh, so Sam, what's your favorite slash funny beer story? And you have to tie advice into it as well, just like Josh did. Well, my advice is fuck advice. Um, all right. So my, uh, I guess I'll start with one of my series of stories here. <laughs> so. <laughs> Every year, me and my my BFFAE best friend forever and ever, uh, Mike, Mike Healy, good boy. Uh, we have our Christmas Eve Eve get together. Um, so Christmas Eve Eve is the eve before Christmas Eve. Um, so the twenty third. Yes, okay. that's that's the date. Um, he's got four kids. He's got to be you know with his family on Christmas, and you know that's where he wants to be. And so Christmas Eve Eve is our time to get together. Get a little crazy, have a good time, see what happens. Um, so first year, <laughs> every year we've been able to break a Christmas tree, except for this most recent year. We were a little upset. Like on purpose? No, it's oh. never on purpose. <laughs> and that's the thing is is we're breaking these Christmas trees on accident, but it just happens to keep happening. And it happened, I think, three years. I think, like I said, this year was the first time it didn't happen in like four years. So um, we're all sitting around. Uh, drinking some beers, uh, playing hand slaps, where you got one person holds their hands under, one person holds their hands over, and you got to slap the hands yep, on yep. top. I mean, I got I got three sisters and a brother. I played that game s- nights after night after night. <laughs> I'm really good. I got quick reflexes. So uh, <clears throat> basically, I was winning. <laughs> and so my buddy Mike was getting really upset about it. And so he kind of he's he's a smart guy. The guy's got like four degrees, and he's, he's going to figure out a way to win. One way or the other. And he actually, what he did was he started taking a small step towards me each time. Every time we'd play a match, he would just take a little quarter-inch step towards me. I wouldn't even notice. I would just take a quarter-inch step back. Take a quarter-inch step back. He would step up, quarter-inch step back. Next thing you know, boom, I fall on my freaking uh, living room table. <laughs> I get like oh a bruise the size of like a softball on the side of my leg. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, you, you got me. You know, and I get up. We start playing hand slaps again. And this time we pulled out some whiskey and we started taking some shots. And uh, he's he's and I didn't even catch on to what he was doing, so so he actually <laughs> pushed me back again. This time straight into my Christmas tree, oh. fell into the Christmas tree, hit my DVD. I had like a DVD case, totally obliterated it, like broke it into three pieces. Uh, Christmas tree, the whole top broke off, and I was just stuck in this fake tree. I was just laying there, like I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, what do I do with my hands. I just had them in the air. Uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually, my buddy picked me up. And uh, then the next day, he uh, that's pretty much all I remember for the rest of the night, was waking up to the next day and having my girlfriend really upset about the Christmas tree being broke. <laughs> she worked really hard on the Christmas tree. So. And, 
is, is is the advice there just don't have a dvd rack uh yeah <laughs> advice would be um get drunk next to your christmas tree and break it let's make this a thing okay let's make this a thing if you know if you don't break your christmas tree on christmas eve eve then you're you don't know anything about christmas you, when you first said it you're like we broke Christmas tree every Christmas Eve. I thought it was like an Idaho thing. Like, oh, the annual breaking of the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just throw <laughs> potatoes at Christmas trees until it completely breaks. And then we light it on fire in- inside the living room. Hey, you could have sold me that that was a thing. I, w- I wouldn't have second-guessed it. I mean, shit, man. It's so cheap to live here. Why do you think it's so cheap? Because <laughs> we light fires in the living room. <laughs> yeah, my advice, though, for real, is if you're trying to get into the beer world, Study, 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 study. There's so much reading, so much books that have so many books, <laughs> so much book that has, but these books have valuable information. Um, and a lot of these guys, um, you know, have put their heart and soul into, into. I mean, look at uh, Papazian, that guy. Uh, he has literally made, he's changed the beer world with what he's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of other guys like that that I definitely, um, would recommend reading some stuff. Cool. Is that the uh, no more advice stories? We're good. We're good. That's it. That's how I got. It. Yeah. Just thanks for having us on. Oh yeah. yeah thank thanks you. for coming out. Um, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for uh, taking the time to hang out. And if someone wanted to try your guys' beer, want them to come t- hang out at the tap yeah. room, how can they? What's the best way to get in contact or even see a beer, have a beer? What's the? Uh, yeah. So I mean, we're kind of all over the place. Um, we're actually just launched in Ontario, Oregon. So if you're an Oregonite listening to or Oregonian, I think it's Oregonian, Oregonian, Oregonianite. If you're listening to the podcast, we're now in Ontario. Check us out. Uh, we're in Jackson. We're in I think Olympia, barely, um, and then all of Idaho. So um, grocery stores, obviously, the best place to come is the brewery because you've heard a bunch about it today. So check out the mugs. Check out the world-class beer and just come have a good time board games hell you could even come check out our cans you can check out our cans all day or the uh <laughs> sega genesis uh emulator yeah we got an emulator <laughs> <laughs> it emulates. It's pretty sweet. just installed a couple of tvs um <laughs> now it's just really at the end of the day it's good people who just want to talk beer uh, our bartending staff is amazing so um super knowledgeable um Come talk beer, have a beer, enjoy it. Cool. One, th- one thing that's really nice too is is if you come down and you, a lot of us are really personable and we'll, and we don't mind having a conversation with you about beer. Um, so you know if you if you see one of us on the brew floor, don't be afraid to come and strike up a conversation. And say hey, you know I'm kind of interested in what you're doing, or you know if you see Josh sitting around, obviously feel free to walk up and just slap him right in the mouth. Um, but then ask him about the brewery, you know, and see what he thinks. <laughs> Please don't slap me in the mouth. <laughs> I'll shake your hand. That's, that's it. Cool. And as always, if you guys want to get in contact with myself, just Google or anywhere you, just Google Brewery Talks or anywhere that you get your podcast. Or if you want to contact me, check out sciencesetuptraveling.com. Uh, Josh and Sam, thank you so much for hanging today. And yeah, thank uh, you. Super glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the episode. If you liked what you heard, Go give it a five-star review wherever you listen to it, and I will see you guys next time. Cheers.